Season 2, Episode 10, Family. Hello and welcome to Real Exam English. Today's episode is about family. It's been a tough time for families recently, what with so many of us being separated from our loved ones because of travel restrictions or lockdowns. Other families, on the other hand, having to spend all of the time locked in the same house as each other, which creates a whole other set of problems. Many people have sadly lost loved ones and we offer our sincere condolences to all of them. So it's been a challenging time for many, but today's episode is thankfully COVID-free. What we do have is some great language in the form of phrasal verbs and idioms. We take a look at some lovely verbs that end in EN and we examine some classic expressions from Scotland. You will hear speakers from England, the USA, Australia, Scotland and Ireland, so a wide variety of accents for you as usual. And not only will listening to this podcast improve your listening, but you will also get a better idea how to answer questions in a speaking exam. Plus there are language tips for writing and use of English. And let's not forget reading. The transcripts are available on the Real Exam English website, realexamenglish.com. So you can improve all of your skills by listening here today. So without further ado, let's go with the questions. Who do you think should care for the elderly, the government or their family? Ah, uh, you know what? This is more of a my belief systems question. I think the government, because if I live in a country and I'm working and I'm paying taxes, then th there should be a pension at the end of it. When I, if I've spent my life grinding away, doing work for the benefit of the country that I live in, why shouldn't that country or the government of that country then help me through my twilight years? Why should they not? We heard a lovely phrasal verb here. I've spent all my life grinding away, doing work. Grinding away means working hard over a long period of time, often doing something that is boring or difficult. Then we heard this expression, my twilight years. So twilight is the period just before it goes dark in the evening. So your twilight years are the last years of your life. Who are you most like in your family? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. It's either my mother or my father, I suppose. I guess you can, a bit of both in some ways. I don't know. I can tell you one thing though. Being a father now myself, I can certainly see that my youngest is a chip off the old block. Um, definitely. Looks as well as disposition. <laughs> Many parents find it difficult to let their children become independent. What's your opinion? There's a line between assisting your children and, and giving them the room to become independent, to do their own things, you know, whether that be, uh, you know, having breakfast or getting their own food or getting dressed in the morning, you know, and naturally those things will um, will will change over time as far as what uh, responsibilities and decisions they take on as they get older. In the first answer here, the speaker gives himself a little bit of extra time by saying, oh, I don't know, that's a good question. We've spoken before about the importance of having some expressions like this when you get a difficult question and you need a second or two to think. Next, we heard a nice example of a participle clause being a father now myself, I can certainly see. 
this is one of those advanced grammar structures that will really impress an examiner. Then there was this awesome idiom, my youngest is a chip off the old block. So if a child is a chip off the old block, it means that they are similar to one of their parents, or to use a phrasal verb, they take after one of their parents. How are the lives of young people today different from those of their parents? Look, I think the really huge thing that is different is our access to social media and the permanence of the internet. Um, Even, uh, so I've got children, they are experiencing the world in such a different way because of the permanence of things like Facebook or Twitter already and they're not even on those things. So, like, my parents never had to think, oh, should I put this photo of my child for public availability when I was little, whereas I have to think that for my children. So I think that's a really huge difference. I actually think we expect a lot from our children now in terms of their knowledge and what they will do, which is quite different. So I think that is probably the main difference. So this speaker is talking about social media being the really huge difference. Huge means really big. And is a word that I hear being mispronounced all the time. It finishes with that j sound, which can be tricky for some nationalities. So make sure to practice that one, huge. And remember, it's much better to say huge or enormous or gigantic instead of really big. At a higher level, words like big, good, or bad don't impress examiners, so you have to learn and practice using better adjectives, and it makes your language more colourful and interesting for the listener or reader. Have you got any brothers or sisters? I do. I have two brothers and two sisters. So I have an older sister, two younger brothers, and a little sister. Does your family like spending time together? Yes, we, we spend time together fairly often. Um, now that we're all grown, uh, it's harder for us to spend time together, but we still get together as much as we can, with the exception of this year, obviously. But uh, when we do get together, it's, uh, it's a good time. We spend a lot of time together when we can. How are the lives of young people today different from those of their parents? Um, I think that online communication is very much the norm now, which it wasn't when I was young. You know, we would ha- we had to call on the phone. And even when I was a young teenager, we had to call on a landline. You know, it was very rare for somebody to have a cell phone when I was in like high school. Um, and now it's very much the norm for somebody to have a cell phone. The other thing that I think is, especially for like um, older teenagers and even like college age students, is the prevalence of online dating. So it's very much common now for people to meet online and then date versus when I was in college, it was very rare. You were thought of as as a pariah. So this speaker says he gets together with his family as much as he can, with the exception of this year. That's a really handy expression, with the exception of. So when you have one thing that doesn't follow a rule or doesn't belong in a list, you can use with the exception of. For instance, I like all types of music, with the exception of heavy metal. Then we had a word which means the exact opposite of the exception, and that was the norm. Our example was having a cell phone in school is the norm these days, meaning it is the usual thing or the accepted way of doing things. 
For copies of the transcripts, please go to the Real Exam English webpage. That's realexamenglish.com. You can also find information there about classes. There are group classes for B2 and C1 levels and individual classes are available also. How are the lives of young people today different from those of their parents? I assume their lives are different mainly because they spend more time on the internet or on their phone and I think that they are generally um, more anxious about sort of, well some, not all, but are are more sort of nervous about interacting with people sort of face-to-face because there's such a culture in the media about sort of short sentences and being witty and, and a lot of young people don't feel comfortable having a longer conversation and interacting with people in a way that perhaps their parents would have because there wasn't such a, a drive to use the internet and there wasn't the internet when most of their parents were alive. And also I think our society as a whole has become a lot more focused on appearance and uh, style over substance. And so, you know, young people feel far more pressure to perform to look a certain way to act a certain way to dress a certain way to behave a certain way I mean that stuff was always there uh, but I think the degree to which it's it's there is has been far more heightened because of the internet do you think parents should help their children make important decisions even when the children are grown up Uh, I think it depends what one means by help their children. Uh, I think that can be quite loaded. I think if you're helping in in that you're sort of providing uh, advice which the children have asked for, then fair enough. But if one is essentially saying, I am your parent and I know best and therefore you should do what I say and I'm telling you this because I'm helping you, then perhaps not so much. Um, You know, I mean, parental advice is always useful. And if people ask for help, absolutely that's a wonderful thing. But I think it's about, I think it depends on the child and the parent. In the first answer here, the speaker said the pressure on young people has been far more heightened. This word heightened means it has been made higher. This is one of a bunch of similar words that frequently appear in C1 and C2 use of English exams. They all end in EN, like heighten, and many of them relate to measurements. So for example, The adjective high changes to the verb heighten, long changes to lengthen, which means to make longer, wide changes to widen, broad to broaden, deep to deepen. There are also others that aren't to do with measurements that follow the same pattern, like sweet changes to sweeten or fat changes to fatten. So if you're looking for a verb when you're doing a use of English part three exercise, then check if it follows this pattern as it appears pretty often. In the second answer, the speaker mentions that it is useful to get advice. Make a note that she didn't say advices, which is quite a common mistake. In English, advice is an uncountable noun, so you can get some advice or a piece of advice, but never advices. Okay, so this next speaker is from Scotland, which is the most difficult accent for many speakers. If you guys can understand every word that this speaker says, then you will have no problems doing any listening exam. There's many native English speakers who might have difficulty catching every single word. And this speaker speaks well, I may add. Okay, let's see how you do. Do you go on holiday with your family? No, uh, not for about 10 years now. Uh, We went to New York uh, 10 years ago and it was brilliant. It was the first time I'd ever been. It is my favourite city in the world. I've been lucky enough to go back five times now. 
it's just such a great place. I mean, I wouldn't be going there now, just now. I mean, let's just make that clear. But, um, but I, I would. I think if that got muted again, I think there was talk of one new year getting one a lodge out someplace and the family going, dogs and all that kind of stuff, and having the right time of it. Um, but I've got great memories of past holidays going to like Benidorm and um, Tenerife and stuff like that. And I remember Benidorm um, with my family as it about three or four years old it's amazing what things you remember just diving in the pool thinking i could probably swim and my mum who doesn't swim had to dive in and save me and i don't think she talked to me much the rest of that week but anyway uh, it's something that i think would be pretty cool it's something i've i've never really thought of but something like a wee weekend or that i could probably survive that i think okay hopefully you could catch some of what was said there we had a couple of typical scottish expressions the first one was, I was thinking of getting a lodge for New Year's Eve and having a right time of it. So a lodge is like a big house in the country and having a right time of it means having really good fun. You can hear this expression in Ireland too, but I think outside of those two countries, it's not too common. Then we heard the most typical Scottish word ever, and that is we, which means small. If you go to Scotland, you'll hear this all the time. Someone might offer you a wee cup of tea or a wee whiskey if you're lucky. I wouldn't recommend using language like this in an exam situation as it wouldn't sound natural, but it's good to know in case you go to Scotland or listen to someone from Scotland and you're wondering why they're talking about we all the time. <laughs> in what ways have families in your country changed in recent years? I'm Irish so and I live in Ireland, so traditionally uh, in Ireland families would have been quite large due to us being a Catholic country and contraception being banned in the Catholic religion. So, but now we are very much um, not bound by the rules of the Catholic church and families, there is a lot of family planning and um, financial constraints, of course, um, in the modern world come into play. So most families, I would say, would have an average of 2.5 kids, whereas traditionally they would have had around, could be 10 kids or 7 to 10 kids. Should husbands and wives have different roles within the family? No, I don't think so. Uh, except that I think that's very, very difficult to change. Even though it is changing in modern society, I think it perhaps has not changed enough. Um, An example is that even if the wife is the breadwinner in the family and works more hours than the husband, it still often falls on the the woman of the house to do the traditional housekeeping duties, which is part of family life. Many parents find it difficult to let their children become independent. What's your opinion? Yes, I think this is becoming more of a problem in today's society um you know a helicopter parenting um is becoming um more and more evident be because of the dangers that parents are aware of through social media and the news that perhaps they weren't aware of or the dangers that were not there uh, many years ago um and there's a level of anxiety amongst parents that never was there before of of what their kids can get up to and what their 
and what influence their kids can come under um, just in in the unregulated society. We have some superb family related vocabulary to finish with today. In the first answer, we heard about family planning, which is, of course, planning how many children you want to have and when you want to have them rather than it being uncontrolled, like the speaker mentioned, it was in Ireland where they used to have 10 kids as a norm. In the second answer, we heard this brilliant word, the breadwinner. The breadwinner is the person who earns the money to support their family, typically the only person. I know in Spanish there is a similar expression, the person who brings home the bread, and I'm sure in other languages you can find expressions like this too. In the last answer, there was this excellent description for parents who pay extremely close attention to every single little thing their child does so that their child doesn't experience any difficulties and are educated in the perfect way. And that was helicopter parenting. I love this expression. You can really picture this type of parent hovering over their child, making sure everything is just right. And it's a big problem in modern society, as the speaker mentioned. Three top class pieces of vocabulary there to finish off with. And finishing is what we are doing today. This is the final episode of season two of the Real Exam English podcast. We've covered a lot of great language in this season and some really interesting topics. I'd like to thank all of the contributors for giving their time answering the questions. And more importantly, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for listening. Remember to keep an eye out for updates on the Real Exam English social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, as well as on the Real Exam English website, realexamenglish.com. You can find all of the transcripts there, as well as a bunch of use of English exercises and information about online classes. There are group classes preparing for exams and individual classes too. So get in contact if you're interested. I'd love to see you in class. Okay, guys. See you next season for some more Real Exam English. All the best, Trevor. Trevor.